You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. of your queer story we are your hosts i am the incredible evan jones and i'm the even better paul hobbs you can't come up with a better comeback to my thing i'm just saying you always just try to one-up me but you don't quite like uh yeah our listeners know that i'm the better no because you don't even come back with something better think of your own shit beat me to the punch introduce yourself first well you always read first well because i know how to jump right in there and get things done um, we have a guest with us today. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. She's here. I'm here. Introduce yourself, because I'm going to say Vima, but I want you to tell our listeners your full name, which... Right. I'm Vimalis Manfredo. Um, everybody calls me Vima, so don't even bother learning the full name. It's not worth it. Just call me Vima. No, no. Take the challenge. <laughs> Learn her full name, even though I still haven't learned her full name. <laughs> you guys take the challenge. Um, so Vima is here, and uh, what is your podcast? You do a podcast with your husband. Right. So we do Don't, Down No Particular Road, and it's going to be a podcast about camping and RVs and campgrounds, reviews, and all that stuff. Um, right now, the podcast has a potpourri of topics while we got our shit together, pretty much. But now we're going to go down uh, the path of camping. So if you like the outdoors and you're not scared about bears or serial killers you can hear it through our podcast <laughs> yeah so check it out and where do you, what are you guys uh what are your platforms so we're on we are everywhere just like you guys um and we publish on monday nights um we're some doing it weekly for the most part there have been a lot of changes but other than that it it should be weekly moving on hopefully if not, it's bi-weekly, and then you listen to it bi-weekly. That's right. There you go. You're going to get what you get, and you're going to like it. Exactly. Pretty much. But go yeah. listen and yeah. join our Facebook group, because we also have a Facebook group that we put silly questions, like, wait, which way you do the YMCAC? And oh, wait, wait. But which way do you do which it? Which way do you do it? I do it to the, the opening is to the right, and, yeah. lo- and then other people do it this way. Which way do you do it? I don't do it because that's the devil's dance. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I've probably done the YMCA like once or twice well, in my it's life. It's literally YMCA. Okay, YMC. I guess I would go. Oh, you go to the left. Right. So you go to the left. I go to the right. We have a poll going on in our Facebook group. Um, I wonder what that which way we to. do it because huh? why do some people do it one way and not the other? I'm a lefty, so it could be that. I'm a righty. So I'm... you do it to the left. No. Oh yeah, you do it to the right too. Yeah. I, I I don't know then. That was our theory. You just broke our theory. I okay. I break a lot of theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, 
All it's right. kind of a hobby of mine. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's down no particular road? Yes, down um, no particular road. And you can find it. Our website is on Buzzsprout. It's uh, buzzsprout.com slash Manfredo. And you can find all the episodes from when we started that it was just my husband, Josh. And then I took over. And then we had a season two where we just talked about different kind of stuff. And now season three is going to start um, in a couple of weeks, in two weeks, actually, when we start our camping season. All right. So that's going to be fun. Awesome. Be Good. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And this is the time to get out there, go camping. Have New s'mores. England in the in the, like the spring, the summer, the fall. It is beautiful. There's so many great places to go. You guys, do, where's your favorite place to go camping? Well, my favorite place is in uh, Sandusky, Ohio, but that's only okay. because there's a amusement park there ah. other than that maine has been like my favorite in terms of what's the most beautiful place we've ever been has Aren't been there in maine. like big animals yeah. out there i think we there's big animals any... in the in the in the woods in the yeah. forest no. in general that's where they're most gonna... campgrounds that accept rvs because we're rv campers so we're glampers most campgrounds are actually not that woodsy as you are imagining mm-hmm. they're very maybe i could do paved that and in full amenities and we have a full rv that has air conditioner and a tv see in my mind i'm thinking of like a wood a a tent in the middle of the woods with nothing around them for like 10 miles no 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 let's not get crazy here (laughs) that's my ridiculous no we have a a queen size bed (laughs) a full bathroom ac heat and a full kitchen and an outdoor kitchen so we're glamping there we go i think i could do that yeah it's very enjoyable because you can pretend that you're in the woods by having a little fire, doing a fire pit, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to sleep. I'm turning on the AC. Nice. <laughs> going to sleep. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. It's Screw all fun. you people hiking through the mountains, See, plopping my... <laughs> down wherever you find. Oh, no, 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 no. We have evolved past that stage. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Jesus invented RVs for a reason, folks. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, j- check them out. Uh, down no particular road yep um check them out uh and vima is going to help us on a couple of our episodes so this one and and we're covering some queer latinx people and uh so we brought a queer latinx individual can you tell uh listeners how you identify so i am a bisexual female i was born and raised in puerto rico and i am so i am latinx i'm also hispanic and um my pronouns are she and her, and um, that's about it. I can't think of anything else about myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so she's here to help us because um, we know that you guys just love whenever we butcher names, and we are so good at it's it. It's kind of a thing. It's really a thing we're really good at, but we thought, <laughs> what the hell, we'll try a little bit for you guys, just the, just these couple episodes. I think you just want Don't me to roll the R's. Huh? I think yeah, you just I want did, me to it, roll the that's, eyes and that's, that's it. it. That's, the, that's the truth. <laughs> that's why I'm here. And, that's right. And when I get to one of those names, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to look at you and I'm just going to need you to read it for me. Yeah, And then absolutely. I can pick back up. <laughs> there you go. Hope yeah. I don't screw it up. <laughs> I, I hope not because then we're all fucked. All right. So, yeah. but So, we're going to get to that in a second. But make sure you guys uh, check us out on social media at Your Queer Story on most platforms, especially Facebook, Twitter, and somewhat instagram ish maybe i tag myself in instagram stories but i don't we still the same old problem where i can't get onto the instagram so (laughs) and paul's not doing shit with it so 
I don't know. Listen, but if you do at your queer story, you can be part of that whole thing. If you are on Twitter, you need to follow us because I post on there like 60 times a day. And sometimes you drug posts like this week when you decided to say that basketball courts were phallic. No, I said basketball courts were designed by gay men. Insinuating that they were phallic. Because it looks like a penis. It doesn't look like a penis. So they're phallic. Yes. <laughs> but it doesn't look like a penis. Yes. I, I don't, it's a giant rectangle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone sees it. Watch. But Paul, I've never seen a at rectangle 45 penis. <laughs> at night while he was drunk off his ass, decides he's going to tweet this. I will show you. You're going to see I it. Have, I've seen a basketball court, Look. bitch. That is a penis right there. Oh, is it's <laughs> talking the, about the, the three, three point, the three zone. point free throw, and zone. then there's the ball. It's like you're looking at it from below. See, just imagine. <laughs> I haven't looked at enough dicks from below, so I guess maybe <laughs> there's the ball. <laughs> I, I, I can see it. Okay, I, right. I give it to you. But I think it's just that court in particular that the sign <laughs> because of the just... color contrast. I think no. it's just help. Paul and his perverted mind. That's what they look but like. But yeah, so if you follow us on Twitter, you can have those gems. And I live tweet Drag Race every week. There you go. You can follow that. Um, and if you want to and give us your support, we'd appreciate it if you go to Patreon yeah. at Your Queer Story. And if you uh, can support us, we would appreciate it. Like I said, <laughs> we do have our new studio coming soon. It's going to be right around the time of our one-year anniversary, which is coming up. So... Yeah, check that out. We're going to be a year old. One year old. And then we're going to have a gender reveal party after the year. That's what I'm going to oh. do with my kid. For a whole year, we're like, no, no one can know. I'm just going to keep the head shaved, yeah. and then we'll see. What's the name going to be? I don't know. I don't know, something fluid. Like Pat or something? Yeah, Pat's Pat good. Can, Pat can go either way. Pat, Patrick, Patricia, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Chris. Chris? Yeah, that's Chris a, good a good one. one. That's a There's a lot one. of them now that you can do. Kendall? Skyler? Uh, yeah. Yes! <laughs> bring, bring it back to normal. No. Kendall, I literally For just met a Kendall? guy named Kendall. Okay, well, I'm sorry, but that's not... I... It is a very common guy name. I'm pretty sure the White Ranger was named Kendall. And he was oh. a white guy. All right. And also, Skyler, uh, is, most people think of it as a boy name. Do they? Yep. I guess I know Skylar Kurgle. He's a trans man. So, I guess. All right. But, no. You're not naming my kids. I'm Um, I'm definitely naming your kids. All right. All right. So, go ahead. Why don't you... uh, All right. We are going to jump into this week's story about a truly fascinating figure, Jose Julio Saria. How do you say it? Saria or Saria? And can you explain what you were telling us? Right. So I was, uh, I looked up uh, Jose Julio and uh, the way that he talked about himself when he introduced himself, he uses the word Saria. But looking up the etymology of the his last name is actually pronounced Saria. Um, but it's not spelled correctly to be Saria because it's missing the tilde at the, and the A. So it should be Saria. Because that's how he said it. So whatever he shows is the correct way. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, we literally had a conversation about how to say this name, and I made fun of like the typical American that would say Saria, and then I literally, literally just Saria. Saria. That's why she's here. Anyway. At the end of this episode, our listeners are going to think we're so stupid. They're going to be like, why? How have we been listening to you guys for 46 episodes? So, yeah. Jose Julio Saria, a.k.a. the Absolute Empress, the first, a.k.a. Empress Jose, a.k.a. the Grand Mayor, 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 
Meter? Take around Mare. 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 Okay. AKA the Widow Norton. A- okay. <laughs> AKA the Nightingale. Jose of- Julio had a lot of names for himself. Okay. You know, this I is get- like this is like Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Oh my oh, God! Yes, the Queen of the Andals and the, the Freer Slaves. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Uh, so yes, Jose did go by all of those titles in his lifetime, and we are all about it. I just don't know how he, he remembered all of his own names. Like if somebody on this side of the street called him one, like how would he? Oh, I'm, I'm sure Jose Jose Julio. I, I gotta get used to saying this because this is. I, I know you've explained this to us, but I want you to explain this to our listeners too because we got a lot of white listeners, and if they're like Paul and I, we just don't know a lot about Latinx culture. So and or maybe is this specifically. Uh, Puerto Rican culture? Or... So I'm not sure if it's completely Puerto Rican culture, but that's, uh, I feel like it's more Latinx culture, or at least when you're actually in the in the Latin American countries, where you usually use both la- both first names, so you call it a middle name mm-hmm. here, but it depends on what your middle name is. Sometimes the most, it, if it rhymes or if it goes together, you'll have you use both. So Jose Julio, and when I read his name, I think that he would have used both his first names as one, like Jose Julio. Um, another good example, example is Jose Maria. It's very common in um, the Mexican area, um, both in Mexico and southern Texas. So, in all three Mexican states? In all three Mexican states, or yes. Country, I read so that I and that. it hurt my brain so much. Um, so Jose Maria is another one where the, there's a lot of people that are called Jose Maria and they use the whole thing. Or a lot of women that are called Maria Jose. Oh, wow. Really mixing it up. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and obviously, real creative. Yeah, exactly. And these names are all biblical. So Jose means Joseph, which is uh, the stepdad of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then Maria is Mary, who is the mama of Jesus. And then Jesus is Jesus. Because, you know, you have to throw that one in there, too. <laughs> so a lot of Latin American countries use these names over and over again because of the history of Catholicism that... Spain brought when Spain invaded the Latin America. Yeah. So, you know, the, the one, sorry, this is going to be completely off topic. Okay, but good. The one story that I never understood in the Bible, mm-hmm. well, I don't understand all of them, but the yeah, main one lie, is <laughs> one of them is okay, so this woman gets pregnant and has a husband, right? And she's like, I just don't know how this baby got here. Are you talking about the, the story of Mary? You need to let it go, okay? I don't know We've how this baby got it. here. We've been through it. I just, I have a husband, but he didn't do anything. I don't know. I don't think they were married at that point. Oh. I don't remember. They weren't married. And they they were he, engaged. And that's why she pregended that she got pregnant <laughs> by God. We all know. We know that's exactly what happened. Everybody knows this is what happened. But the actual story is that the angel Gabriel came down and told Mary that she was very special and she was pure. So God was going to put... Angel. A seed into her womb and to bring God into life. So God had created Himself inside Mary, and then birth into the Son, then then birth Himself, right? Which is Himself because God is Jesus and Jesus is God. Jesus is God's Son. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. don't get involved in Trinity shit because you'll really get lost. If you thought Sodom and Gomorrah was bad, we can't even talk about the Holy Trinity. Okay, Okay, that's like eight years of Catholicism right there. There you go. So, um, but the one thing we said was like Jose Julio, um, and I know I'm saying this very white, so please be bear with me, listeners. But Jose Julio uh, most likely dropped 
Because a lot of times, in the things that I read, it all said Jose, but it most likely he dropped that be, to be more American or to because, right to to make it easier. Yeah. So it's the same way how I go by Vima, even though mm-hmm. my full name, my legal name is Vimalis. It's because honestly, American people can't pronounce names that are not in their culture. They can yeah. pro- pronounce something super complicated, like Schwarzenegger, but they can't pronounce Jose. Julio or Vimalis. Um, so there, there you go. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And I guarantee you, at that time, people were like, Josie Julio? <laughs> yeah. We got and a Josie like, Julio? Pre- what, if they called him Josie, he's probably like, that's me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Josie's fine. All right. So oh, you never even finished oh, your paragraph. His fearless. So his fearless tenacity and unbashed Unabashed pride would push him to be the first openly gay candidate to run for office in America. And he did it as a Latino man in the 1960s facing a tsunami of hate and discrimination. Uh, Jose never had it easy, but he never let the obstacle stop him. And I actually almost just said Josie. Wow. So that's why I paused. I had to like, think it's going to be it. a rough one, guys. <laughs> All right. So um, from the beginning of Jose. From the beginning, Jose Julio's parents seemed destined to fail in love. She was a princess turned popper, once the daughter of a proud political family in Bogota? Bogota. Bogota. Bogota, Col- Colombia. Bogota, <laughs> Colombia. That's, I, I felt like I did good there. <laughs> Maria. Oh, her name's Maria, just like yes, you said. I just told you. <laughs> Maria lost her loved ones in... Oh, that I shouldn't laugh right before that. Maria lost her loved ones in the Thousand Day War, fleeing to America... Upon her mother's death, she was made a ward of the state and transferred to Panama. There she became a maid to the chairman of a large German beer company, cleaning his house and taking care of his children. In 1920, Maria was able to gain sponsorship to the United States and sailed for San Francisco. On the boat, she met Julio Saria, Saria, the son of a very rich and very well-known Spanish family. We should have like a a little buzzard that we can stop some time. Yeah. So, anyway, so we're, we're missing. Yeah. So, um, I read very briefly about the Thousand Day War, but it was just uh, basically a civil war, political civil war in Colombia that erupted and was very. Uh, very bloody, very brutal, and like we said, she lost her entire family, and she she runs away, and then she has she's a ward of the state, and she has to work for this rich family, which uh, I think plays in part later on in the script. I can't remember. I wrote the first half of the script a long time ago, and I, I was trying to brush up on it real quick. Anyways, you know, go ahead. So it was very interesting on to see um, that she was transferred to Panama, and I couldn't find why. Yeah, but I'm very curious about that because she was in Colombia mm-hmm. and then she went to the states, but then they transfer her to Panama, and it's like, but that's a completely different country. That yeah, she it's a ward of the state. But... That's very yeah. Yeah, she was like in foster care, pretty much. It's, it's like the prelude to foster care in Panama. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, maybe that's, the that's a place States to send her. Just getting rid of people. Well, that's I mean, feel like that's what they were trying to do. Right, the United States at this time was building the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. In Panama, um, <laughs> so it kind of makes sense, but it kind of it, it just took me out. But what's she doing? Like digging the Panama Canal? Who knows? I, I, guess. I don't know. It just there? baffled me when I read it, and I tried to find more information, but 
She's a ghost. Uh, Imagine if we read that today, which I wouldn't be surprised if we did. And they're just like, they're sending foster kids to wherever. Yeah, we're sending the Venezuelan foster kids to Brazil. And it's like, what? Why? (laughs) Like, why why are you doing this? Don't worry about it. It'll make sense. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'll have you read this. All right. Um... The two courted for a few years, but when Julio learned that Maria was pregnant, he abandoned her. Kind of makes sense because he was higher class. She was not um, in, oh, so in the sense. If, oh, so you think, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah because, because... Uh, he was the son of a very rich and very yeah. well-known Spanish family. And she was an orphan yeah. that was a ward of the state. It's like, well, you got like a poor girl pregnant. Actually, I do think I did read that, that he did have pressure from his family. It, it kind of makes her. sense at this time that... it. Even if he loved her and he wanted to stay with her, it was probably not possible for him. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm forgiving him because I, I don't know their story that much, but it, it's a possibility that yeah. that's why he abandoned her. Yeah. But not before lending his name to his baby. And that was like my clue. Um, Jose ah. Julio Sarria was born on December 12th, 1922. Maria struggled to support herself and her child while also providing adequate care for Jose, Jose Julio. However, the task was difficult, especially in a society that provided little to no aid for single mothers and certainly not single mothers of mothers of color, yeah. which makes sense. It's a uh, very young Latin woman that got pregnant by a wealthy Spanish man that abandoned her. So now yeah. she's a single mother where that's a sick stigma and was a stigma for the longest time. Yeah, for, yeah, for anyone at that time, but, you know, especially in... in, in, in um... In, in Latinx cultures, would it be more, is that, because you said they're more conservative. Right. So most, uh, there are pockets are being more liberal, thank goodness. Um, but the culture in Latin America, and at least from what I experienced, I don't want to talk for all of two continents. It's a, um, <laughs> it's a bitch. I'm yeah. just one tiny Puerto Rican. But from what I experienced, a lot of uh, Latin American cultures and Puerto Rican culture as well is very conservative, very macho man which just means that uh the man is the man of the house and all that crap um mm. so seeing a single mother it meant that she was probably viewed as a slut a whore mm. or someone of no value because she didn't wait until marriage to like give her flower to somebody else or something yeah. like that um i'm rolling my eyes so hard it the hurts guy's perfectly fine though the guy oh yeah the guy is like, perfectly fine because he just matter. slept with some poor woman no, and it's like this is a boys being boys the day right, right was exactly. like, she should have said no she, she should have <laughs> said no and she should have not been in that situation of being a vulnerable orphan young woman in a boat meeting of Who very wealthy men yeah. yeah yeah absolutely should have known better should have left should have looked into the future you brought this upon yourself Maria <laughs> exactly <laughs> Hey Queerstians, thanks for listening to today's episode of Your Queer Story. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with your free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I love Audible. I have had my subscription for over two years and it is worth every single penny. I listen to it all the time. I hate to read, but I love listening to things while I work. Audible gives me the opportunity to listen to the best-selling books, while I'm at my computer or driving and makes the day fly by. And the best part is that Audible offers a wide variety of queer-friendly books as well. So you can listen to anything from The Queer History of the United States by Michael Bronski to over 200 LGBTQ fantasy novels. 
To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com queer. Again, that's audibletrial.com queer for your free audiobook. So eventually Maria partnered with another couple who took Jose Julio in, in as their own. Charles and Jesserina Millen, I hope that's how you pronounce that. That's where you get me. That's uh, I, yeah, it's uh, better than I would have said. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, she's the one named Jesserina, so yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> know. So Charles and Jesserina Millen had recently brought, lost their own child to diphtheria, and Jesserina had entered a deep depression. After me- meeting Maria, the couple began to help raise Jose, Jose Julio. There is some evidence that Maria actually bought the Millen's house and moved in with Jose Julio and with the couple. Though Jose Julio and Maria will always remain close and Maria was always kept always kept her role as his mother, the Millens became a second family to the young boy. Yeah, so yeah, so, I mean like we said she's she's a single mother in the uh, in the 1920s trying to raise her child and she's yeah, and they were good friends but she's forced to move in with this family, you know, to help support her son. And, um, but she, she paid for all the bills for everything. I don't know what, uh, what's his name? Charles. I don't, I don't know what, uh, Mr. Millen was doing. I don't know if he could or if he was older, if he couldn't work or maybe he did, but it seemed like Maria was, she was the breadwinner of the family. She went out and worked and then, uh, Charles and Jessarina took care of Jose Julio and, um, and then, like I said, they became like a second set of parents to him. Yeah, yeah. and I've actually heard that type of story a lot. Um, oh, okay. So my great aunt, so it will be my mother's aunt, she had a couple of children and then she widowed. So she went on to live with this wealthy family and she take, took care of the wealthy family. It was just a, a couple and I think one child, but her all her children lived in that like house and the the wealthy couple actually pay for the college tuition of um my great aunt's family um children so Mm -hmm. i want to think that this was kind of common or it's just a coincidence that's i I don't know but i've heard that story before well i'm sure i mean i'd be common yeah yeah Yeah. on top of the fact that you have the poverty um you know in the stigma of being a single mother and then she's a woman of color and it was probably very hard for her to get a house yeah. in her name um and yeah. then to get just like we said she didn't have any aid or resources there was no there was no aid for her so um for any person coming in in this situation that that would be the one way that they could get aid because the government sure as hell wasn't stepping in oh yeah no absolutely not especially previous to the great depression there was absolutely yeah, no help no. <laughs> whatsoever it's yeah you gotta get up by your own boots I don't yeah know. pull yourself I, up by your own bootstraps that's the problem yeah. why can't you do it <laughs> Uh, Jose began to dress in feminine clothing at a very young age, and his family never had an issue. He even went out and dresses in public, and he was allowed to indulge. Oh, and he was allowed to indulge his passions. You can't even say sing. the white words right. No, because you <laughs> put an over D, here you put ED. in two freaking languages, and you're you like, put an ED and allowed to indulge. Oh, I did right. To indulge his, yeah, to indulge his passions. So Whatever. I was like, wait, what? Go ahead. Anyways. Because Jose could not yet speak English, he was initially enrolled in private school before learning enough English to go off to the public schools. Eventually, language would be one of his strong points, and by the time he was in high school, he could speak four languages fluently, French, German, English, and Spanish. 
That's really impressive because yeah. I can't learn one. <laughs> <laughs> I, took, I took both German and Spanish in school and couldn't tell you one thing. <laughs> um, I know nine. Yeah, but French and Spanish, that's a tough combination to learn. That's very uh, opposite. Yeah, yeah well, and yeah. same with German and English. It's like yeah. once you know English, then German is either too easy or too difficult to learn. And the same with French. If you know Spanish, I can never learn French. Mm-hmm. My Spanish gets in the way. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird but that's that's that, how my yeah that brain makes works. sense yeah um, I don't know what my excuse is but I yeah. just can't do it <laughs> uh, my brain doesn't work in that way I had to work so hard to learn English and I still struggle with it so <laughs> yeah during a, um, during this time his mother discovered her boss was embezzling from her and other employees and had the man arrested and deported Maria was not fucking around no she's, no. Like, uh, she's like no you can get me. the fuck out of here that's uh, my money bye yeah <laughs> Unfortunately, the financial blow was crippling for the family, and they lost their house. Yeah, he actually asked her um, how much money they had in the bank because he was just he was young and he was curious, and she wasn't taking care of her money. The bot her boss was, and when she went to her boss to be like, "How much money do we have?" That's when she found out that her boss had been embezzling all their money and oh just like God. you have a uh, five dollars uh pretty <laughs> sure I've been working here for five years. By yeah, now, pretty sure yeah. I should have a little bit of money set aside. Yeah. So Maria Jose Julio and the Millens moved several miles away to a much smaller place. They struggled during the Great Depression, like all American families, though poor people of color saw the worst of the Depression. On weeknights, the family would attend bingo and play to win bags of food so they could eat for the rest of the week. According to the U.S. Census, there was approximately 1.5 million Latinos in the States during the Great Depression. Encyclopedia.com writes of the struggles the Latin population specifically faced during this time. Latinos were among the hardest hit in by the economic downturn of the Great Depression. Although more established Latino communities had some upper and middle class families, more, most Latinos in the 1910s and 1920s were working class once they arrived to the United States. They participated in and oftentimes formed the backbone of a large range of industries, including mining, agriculture, and textile manufacturing. Despite their vital contributions to the U.S. economy, Latinos were uh, were restricted to the lowest paying jobs, received less pay than their Anglo counterparts, and had highly limited occupational mobility. Their position on the bottom rungs of the economic ladder, combined with the ugly specter of racism, put Latinos at a great disadvantage during the 1930s. I'll continue. Um, uh, what? I don't know if we were gonna have any discussion. Or not. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's there's more, but yeah. Um, it's just can you <laughs> just technical <laughs> problems with <laughs> the computer? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we uh, right there in that one paragraph, we see you know obviously they're paid uh, lower than white Americans for the same exact fucking job, um, you know, and then the but the jobs that are afforded to them are the worst and mm-hmm. at the bottom of the, of the ladder, you know, in, in general. So you imagine in the Great Depression where you're already struggling to get a job and then as a person of color, you have to wait at the back of the line to even get one of the few jobs that is available. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think you mentioned it on the, on the next paragraph, but mm-hmm. those were the first jobs that were cut, like the, yeah. the people of color, the Latino, the Latino population. Well, you know, is we like, no, you the, can go. We gotta keep the good American boys in there. You know, Pretty much. We gotta keep the good American boys Let's color. keep them... 
employee because they can go back to whatever country they came from, even though the their yeah. country is up in civil war or something exactly. like that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's not our problem. We're all yeah, we're exactly. all hurting in the depression, but we're going to cut your jobs. And if you just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, you you'd be fine. You'd yeah. be fine. You, your people are resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> they, they literally like that. Yeah, that's, yep. that's, exactly uh, that's exactly what how it went. Said. And one of the things that kind of shocked me a little bit was like the playing bingo to have food to eat. Right? Yeah. Like, first of all, I mean, I I don't know. I just saw, I just read that. So I don't know um, if it was just like they were just bingo nights in general and like they were just showing up or if there was some asshole church that was like, you guys can play for food. I don't know. <laughs> What it was. It's like the Hunger Games, but with bingo. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, the bingo oh, cards. Like, I, I don't know what it was. I, I just, That's just what it is. They played bingo to try to win bags of food. So, yeah. Jesus. That's how time. shitty <laughs> things were. So, keep going. Um, Continuing from encyclopedia.com. As the American economy soured and jobs became scarce, Latinos, who are perceived by many Anglo-Americans, Anglo, Angela? Anglo. Yeah. Anglo. Anglo. I thought so. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Anglo American. Like Anglo Saxon? Like oh, what our, our heritage okay. is? Anglo American. I'm actually a white American. So. <laughs> I'm just white and I only recognize white. Um, <laughs> by many oh, Anglo. Yeah. The Latinos who are perceived by many Anglo Americans as foreigners, regardless of their actual status. Pause right here. Status. I just want. Sorry, sorry. I know you're wrong. Because <laughs> the, the, what, the, what they're doing here is they're saying, you know, because you have. You have African Americans and you have Latin Americans, and they're saying Anglo Americans as not to say that white people are just Americans. Oh, we're white, so we're Americans, and you're African American and you're Latin American. Uh, like, yeah. like uh, we're all Americans, and we should have identify ourselves the same way that you know. Yeah. We're, none of us. We didn't. This wasn't our place. This wasn't our country. We came like everybody else. You know. Anyways, go ahead. That's that's my little soapbox. <laughs> makes no makes easy. <laughs> um, this uh, perceived as a foreigner. Uh, the, yeah, so made them perceive the whatever. White, the white people they were perceived the Latinos <laughs> as foreigners. Yes, which provided them. Yeah. Okay. In many states, Latinos were the first to be fired as employers felt obligated to give preferences to the good white American boy. <laughs> In Puerto Rico. Where the economy depended heavily on a small number of industries, unemployment rates skyrocketed even faster than in the mainland United States, reaching 36% in 1929. Once again, Puerto Rico being forgotten. insane. Mm, Shocking. Not only were Latinos... Good thing we got past that, though. Yeah, I mean, we made a lot of progress. Yeah, we've made so much progress. progress. We now get paper towels. Yeah, yes. I knew we were for this one. (laughs) It's thrown to you by the president. I don't know what else you want. Yeah, that's all we need. You know, I came at... I landed down there once. (laughs) Not only were Latinos unable to find work, but they also found the doors of welfare offices and work relief programs closed to them as increasing numbers of government and charitable organizations adopted a citizens-only policy. In practice, this policy often meant good white boys only. It meant whites only. Right. So, to remember, uh, Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens. You Mm -hmm. do not need a passport to go visit Puerto Rico. Go visit Puerto Rico. We need the tourist money. Um, But that was part of the thing. It's like when you say citizens only and you also exclude Puerto Ricans, it's like, but we're part of the United States because Mm -hmm. you guys want us in a war. This is very much what happened. Yeah, um, well, basically. Yeah, it, so the 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 effect of the Great Depression in Puerto Rico was almost you could all, almost say that it was harder than the United States because it was an isolated island. Mm-hmm. There is a a lot of loss, like the um, not the Jim Crow laws, that's a different one. There was there is a the Jones Act, 
that mm-hmm. was already in place where the goods that come into Puerto Rico are taxed double because you need to stop in this con- continental U.S. first before you go to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. even though you pass it on the way, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the effects were so much harsher because there was no money to transport the only goods that were manufactured in the island. So you didn't have that economy of exports and then you start firing all your workers and in such a small island especially at the time the economy collapsed so quick so much quicker than the rest of the united that states makes sense. you're being oppressed by the by being a colony and then on top of that you, your economy is collapsing because you depend on the dollar and mm. it was just a and your government's problem. doing nothing to step in. The right at that time, it was the nineteen twenties, which means the government was appointed, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, forgive me, all Puerto Ricans, if I have my story wrong. Um, but I'm pretty sure that at that point, the government was still mostly appointed by the United States and not freely elected by the Puerto Rican oh, wow. people. So there was still a lot of like, well, you're a colony and you don't matter because you're yeah. third class citizens. We'll Same take care of you when we decide to take care of right, you. Right, exactly. And so, you can figure it out up until that point. Exactly. And so uh, the Puerto Rican people were treated as second-class citizens or third-class citizens for a pretty good chunk of history that probably includes all the way to 2019. Yeah, I was going to say. If I was going to say. Basically, yeah. still. But it's still the same. But yeah, yeah. So it, was, it was really bad. And the, the stigma behind being Latino and how Latinos and people of color were viewed in the States didn't help either. Because mm. you're like barely being able to eat and you're like, okay, so I'm going to go to the United States to see if I can make my life better over there. And you ship all the way over there. And then it's like, no, F you because you're... Citizens only. Yeah, and citizens they, uh, only. And you're like from over there and that's gross. And they so might have away. even been worse off after that. Because yeah. at least there... In Puerto Rico, you had your family, you yeah. had some kind of support system. And yeah, right. Come. And to top it all off, during the Great Depression, and we're going on a huge tangent <laughs> here, but during the Great Depression, there were two major hurricanes that hit the island. Um, I didn't know that. No. San Felipe in 1929, or I may have my years wrong, but San mm-hmm. Felipe was the first one right in the middle of the Great Depression, and then oh. San Siriaco was the second one, and the second one was really... Uh, a very high category at the at the time they didn't have categories but they estimate mm-hmm. probably a category three or four hurricane which if you're like in the middle of the great depression that's a pretty big deal yeah mm-hmm. so yeah we we had a bad at that time wow so and yeah depression yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well it's important because you know we talk about the great depression we just focus so much on white issues and mm-hmm. how bad we had it and you know we're not thinking about how that was never treating... taught to me and like you yeah. said, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Yeah. That was never brought up in history class. No. Never. Right. And ever. I had no idea. It's mm. actually not even brought in my history class. I mm. didn't learn that until much later. Because wow. my my grandmother was born just before San Siriaco. Um, and she first mentioned that. And then in, back in when I was in college, I did my own research about history of uh, the hurricanes in Puerto Rico and that's when I kept digging a little bit more but a lot of these things about how Puerto Rico was not treated nice by the United States it's not taught of course not wow no. shocker shocking you, you we're know, just really good at talking about how like, we treated other people it's just people. like those yeah. people we brought over from Africa for a better life <laughs> I don't know what the problem is it was is. really nice of us right yeah. it's the same way we, we don't yeah. talk and about it and we built it. all those reservations for the Native Americans uh, yeah. did we even get a thank we you we allowed yeah. them to build casinos like <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> We're the best. 
Okay. Yep. <laughs> Good ball. Despite their many obstacles, Jose Julio's mother worked tirelessly, tirelessly to provide for the family. As Jose Julio grew older, he began to seek love like any other teenager. It was around this time that he had his first relationship with another man. Because of his strong understanding of language, Jose Julio began to tutor immigrants while he was in high school and college. Through this work, he met Baron Paul Kolisch. Kolisch. It's white. We can say it how we want. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) An Austrian native who fled the the country when it was invaded by the Nazis. The two men fell in love during their tutoring sessions. As their relationship blossomed, Jose Julio enrolled in college to study home economics. It seemed like, I mean, uh, Paul was older. Um, and, uh, so Paul was older, but it did seem like it was a cute story, but it it was, you know, but still, um, he, I can't remember, he fled Austria and it was because he fell in love with another man in Austria. And so he had to flee, uh, flee Austria, come here. Plus, uh, we were like on the brink of another war. So he was trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah. But that romance was all ended on December 7th, 1941, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and America entered World War II. Jose Julio was determined to enlist and serve his country, but he had a problem. Army requirements insisted an individual be at least five feet tall. Do not say anything, Paul. In order to serve, and Jose Julio was just under five foot. Evan will never make it. (laughs) But... Saria. 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 What? Saria. It's so cute. Jose Julio (laughs) was never a man to let any of his perceived handicaps dissuade him. According to legend, he seduced a recruiting agent and was able to enlist in the military despite his height. I I wanted this to be the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> just to be honest right because right? oh. there was a study done not that long ago like probably 10 years ago uh, the navy came out as the gayest of oh the yeah. Uh, yeah 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 and so, it's not it's not that surprising i was hoping that it was like, you, you, you don't want to what straight man would want to go on a boat because wait are, wait are the boats segregated by like men only boats women only boats yeah for, no. for, is it not anymore uh, and at the time where he enlisted, there will be no women on boats whatsoever. Right. Yeah, okay. So, so now, there you go. What now man, quarters what, are yeah, what separated. What straight man would be like, let me go on a boat with only men for months at a time. Let's go yeah. over there with his bros, okay? They're just mm. going to go, they're going to go all the ports. Yeah. yeah, with his bros. I'm more disappointed in how Exactly. Much, all I mean, the semen you could ever want. Yes, mm. all the semen are there. That's why the ocean's salty. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> So nasty. <laughs> um, what do you think they're doing out there? <laughs> I think they're just, they're singing on the ships. And, and they're, you know, when they get they into don't the got port, microphones. they just fuck so many women. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, at this port, I fuck The women girls. at the ports are excited when the they're like, hey, boys. And like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they're like, excited because they know they're not going to like try to steal them or whatever. Oh, so. <laughs> they're like, oh, God, it's, it's the American boys. They're just going to be too busy fucking each other. Just I, eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe that someone would want to be in the military that bad. No. To, I mean, but it, it shows the his character Also, the difference us. here. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what's going on in the military. Mm. Now you have the internet to research. That's you can true. see videos. You can see literally people dying and getting bombed. Back mm. then, 
oh, you're going to go be an American soldier and you're going to go fight yeah. this war and you're yeah. going to defend the country. And yeah. But also the, the, the bombing of Pearl Harbor really united yeah. the, the United States. I would have yeah. ran In, the other way. Uh, oh, I totally would I would have been like, uh, no, I don't want to go closer to this I'll, I'll buy the war bonds, but I will not fight the war. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I and I also think I mean, but it shows too. I mean, I don't get in general how any person of color wanted to serve in World War Two because at that time you're just being shit all over by the American government, and the American government is now like, uh, if you guys could just go buy for uh, die for us so that you can come back here and, and we can make they you drink were usually, at water fountains. They were usually put in the front of everybody else, mm-hmm. so they were the ones sent in. Right, to they die were first. on the front lines, um, or if they were in ships, they had the shittiest jobs. Yeah, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. They had the shittiest yeah. jobs, and then, um, as we talked about in our military episode, a lot of the times, just before they were done, they were dishonorably discharged, so that they could not get yep. receive any of the war benefits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. But you know what, Jose Julio was like, no, he was going to serve his country, even though he was short. Um, but again, his so-called handicaps hindered him because of his fluency in languages. Jose Julio was assigned to the intelligence school. However, he failed the background check. And while they never stated why, he was always under the impression that it was because he was gay. Oh, yeah. it, it makes sense. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, it does make sense. Uh, instead, he was sent overseas and became a cook for Major Matatsis. Major Maddie. Just Maddie. Yes. Yeah. Eventually running an officer's mess hall in Germany. He would earn the rank of staff sergeant and was honorably discharged in 1947 after the end of the war. Jose Julio returned home to his lover, mother, and family and began to settle down. Paul desperately wanted to provide for Jose Julio, but because their relationship could not be legally recognized, it was difficult. He was afraid something would happen and his money would go to the state or some distant relative. In one scheme, he proposed marrying Jose Julio's mother, Maria, so at least the mo- their money could be tied together. Maria was willing, to, was willing, but Jose Julio refused. The two continued to argue about the best way to circumvent the system. Yeah, and it goes, you know... I, I don't know why couple. these gays want to be married. I don't get that. <laughs> I, why? Yeah, there's what no benefits. The benefits? They the just benefits? want to fight like everybody else. That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? They yeah. just are trying to force the good well, old Christians wanna, to marry You want to be him. as miserable as everybody else? <laughs> 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 no, but it shows, yeah, like, sadly, it's like that, that desperation where you're even willing to have your mother marry your lover... Uh, which is just a paper, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah, this is not a, 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 like a sexual thing. Yeah. But you know, to do that just because, just so that you can take care of the person that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, the extent of the, that queer people have to go to at this time. You know, just to make sure that their loved ones are taken care of. Yeah. Crazy. So. I'm surprised they didn't go through the adoption instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's which was, was a thinking. very common form. Um, I feel. I don't know. I don't think that was in. I don't think that was in there. But yeah. Yeah, adoption was a really popular way, but this was a little before that. Yeah, who knows? Right, and it also so, depends you know, on the state. State, like everything was so crazy. There was a lot of, of reasons why they couldn't, and I think also Jose Julio was offended just knowing his nature that he couldn't just marry the man that he wanted to, and he mm-hmm. didn't want to do anything else. He was like, "No, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to marry you." And Paul was very practical. Was like, "But we can't get married." And Jose Julio was well, very Well, then we're going to get nothing. Yeah, that was, yeah. he was a very dramatic person. <laughs> it was just like, well, then forget it. Forget so. it all. And but, that's why he has the title of queen. That's exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and along with a thousand other titles. Yeah. 
But sadly, they wouldn't have time to work out the details. On Christmas Eve, 1947, just a few months after Jose Julio returned home, Paul and his son Jonathan, from a previous marriage, were killed by a drunk driver. To add insult to injury, it was discovered that Paul had instructed his brother to care for, to care for Jose Julio and Maria. However, upon Paul's death, the brother ignored all wishes and took Paul's enormous fortune for himself, leaving only a ring and a little cash for Jose Julio telling him, if you expect anything else, you're not going to get it. Oh, so fucked up. Done, done, done. And that is where we are going to end this week. Um, so make sure you tune in next week for the conclusion of Jose Julio Sarria. 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 If you can say it, send us voices, uh, voice clips of you saying it, and we will send you... Our a love. Bag of bread. You've won the bingo game. From Wonder Bread. Ooh, the best kind. <laughs> nice. Um, and don't forget to check out Vima's podcast. Down No Particular Road at buzzsprout.com slash Manfredo. That's right. And One of the two, you'll find us. There you go. Uh, she's going to be on with us for a couple more episodes. Um, and as always, you can check us out on any social media at Your Queer Story. Live tweeting Drag Race every single week on Thursday, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. Eastern. And we could use your support on Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash story, And also, don't get a lobotomy. You succulent sapphist. We love you, our little allied hookers. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.